Well, good morning, and welcome to Regeneration. We are so glad to have you here. Um, if it is your first time with us, we would love for you to fill out one of our hay cards in the back. It's a way that we can connect with you. You'll get our emails and find out just what's happening here every week. And then we also have a mug, which is our gift, just to say thank you for, for coming. Um, here at Regeneration, we're passionate about interrupting people's lives with the love and grace of Jesus. And so our prayer this morning is that you would be interrupted um, with his love and grace through the songs that we sing, through our time in the word, and just even our time together. Um, coming up, just a couple of events that we have on June 3rd is going to be our feast, and it's actually going to be at Dan and Caitlin Collins. Dan is feeding Luke back there. But down the road in Champion on 45, um, the address um, I believe is in your bulletin. If not, I can get it for you. So that'll be um, Sunday at 6 p.m. on June 3rd, and it's just going to be our summer feast. So just bring your favorite summer foods, and we're going to hang out and have a good time. And Um, eat and enjoy. They have a ginormous backyard, so we're just going to enjoy being outside together. And then um, our next one thing that will be coming up is our summer camp, which is going to be in July. And so there'll be a lot more information coming on that. Um, Kyle's going to be talking about this, but Danny and Kat, our interns are going to be coming soon, and so she's going to really be um, the driving force behind that as well. So um, I think those are all of our announcements, so I'm going to turn over to Zach. Good morning, guys. I'm going to pass around the offering of pails here so um, before I do that I'll just pray so you'll join me in that Heavenly Father this church is just so thankful and grateful that you are just almighty and unchanging you are exactly who your word says you are So we're thankful for that. We really appreciate you uh, being with us here today and um, giving us a, a standard and a measure to live by in Jesus Christ. So Lord, I, I pray um, for myself in this gathering of people that we can just search ourselves and continually ask what we can do, what we can sacrifice in our lives for the betterment of everybody else around us, for this church, and for your sake. I pray that you give us that answer daily, Lord. Father, I just hope that you allow us and uh, stand by your promise today that you just just in a small way that you continue to make our our hearts more flesh-like today through the songs that we hear and through the, the sermon that we hear today so we pray this in jesus name amen jesus we join the angels this morning we join the song that's been sung for billions and billions of years in eternity. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. God, we take a moment. We just join in that eternal song, even just for a moment, to say, God, you are holy. You are set apart. You are different. 
you are not just part of our routines, Lord. You are not just a part of our lives. You are life itself. You are everything, God. Lord, I just pray that that would sink in a little bit deeper into our hearts today, that you are holy, that you are set apart, that you are worth every moment, you are worth every breath, Lord. That worship would seep out of every breath. Holy, (laughs) holy. Hi. Hello. So I'm trying not to be offended that there were like a billion people here lit last week when I wasn't here and there's nobody here this week. So I don't know if people heard. That's Jerome. Uh, everybody say hi, Jerome. Uh, uh, thanks for leading today. Um, as you may be able to tell, Jerome is not from here. So, but we're glad he is part of our father's family. Kids are going to go back with Miss Caitlin. So kids can go back. Um, Just a couple things, Uh, family news, exciting things just for us as our faith family. Um, Dolores is gone, but she finished nursing school, so she's not there. So we'll try to pull her back. We'll point that out when she's actually in the room. Um, And then also this weekend, we were were kind of gone. We are in Indiana uh, with some of us learning some discipleship stuff. And then in Chicago, Steph and I, and then up to Michigan for Danny and Kat. Now, a lot of you guys don't know Danny and Kat because you're new to our community, and that's awesome. Um, Danny was our first ever summer intern back in the summer of 16. And then his girlfriend, Kat, interned with us last summer in children's ministry. And they're both coming back as the intern's dresser. Um, uh, this summer. They'll be here the first weekend in June. Uh, They just got married. We got to do that wedding. And I did something I always wanted to do. I took a selfie during the wedding with them. So you can actually like see the guests. Uh, I was like, guys, do you want to do a selfie right now? And they were like, yes. So um, that was really great. So um, I just love them. They're just so awesome. So we're super excited to have them with us. A little two-week series here called Speaking the Truth in Love, which I'm very excited about. Um, there's this line from the Lord of the Rings. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 if you want to grab a Bible or turn your Bible on um, or whatever you need to do. Um, Ephesians chapter 4. There's this line from the Lord of the Rings that's been rolling around in my mind. Uh, The quest stands upon the edge of a knife. She knows. The quest stands upon the edge of a knife. Stray but a little, and it will fail. The quest stands upon the edge of a knife. Stray but a little, and it will fail. These words are spoken to the heroes of this this book, these movies. They've just lost their leaders. They've taken a blow. Their quest is urgent and necessary and has consequences for generations to come. But even a little bit of straying to the left or to the right, failure, unraveling, done. This is what it means to be part of the people of Jesus. There's Dolores, who graduated from nursing school. There she is. I called you out and you weren't here. Yes, all right. That's great. You were so scared. I'm sorry. It's like we were all looking for you or something. This is what it means to be part of the people of Jesus. We have been given a mission. It is urgent. It is necessary. It has consequences for generations to come. And even a little bit of straying, and it will fail, left or right. 
So Paul names in Ephesians 4, verse 15, a practice, a discipline, a habit that is so necessary and so vital for us, it is like the edge of the knife. It is like the edge of the knife. It is the best test that we have for our faithfulness and fruitfulness. It is the practice to which we are most called as the people of Jesus, and Paul names it in five little words. He calls it speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Now listen, our our goal as followers of Jesus is to be both faithful and fruitful. Our goal is to be both faithful and fruitful. We want to have personal lives marked with growing obedience, faithful. We also want to have lives marked by kingdom impact, that is fruitfulness. This is why Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain or abide or make their home in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. When we abide with Jesus, we grow in our faithfulness. And when we engage in ministry to others, the goal is fruitfulness. Lives change. Now, what you typically have is people who are one or the other, and the call is to be both. Sometimes we have people that are very faithful, very sweet, but they don't, have, they don't know how to make fruit. So they're very sweet and kind, and they love Jesus a lot. They're just not very effective in the kingdom. Then you have people that are very effective in the kingdom, but their hearts have some areas that still need worked out, which makes them very fruitful but very dangerous. Our goal is to be both faithful and fruitful. And Paul makes this claim in Ephesians 4 that we can be neither faithful nor fruitful apart from speaking the truth in love. Apart from this discipline, unless we form this into our lives as a habit or even a culture, a culture is what we do without thinking about it. That's what this sermon is about. What does a culture of speaking the truth in love look like? And then next week, actually, Aaron is going to preach on how to do that. And I'm really excited about what he has to say. Uh, Paul, pray for him. It's his first time up, at, up to bat and probably not the last. Paul makes this stunning claim that we cannot be fruitful or faithful apart from this practice, whether individually or corporately. Individually, we cannot be faithful without speaking the truth of love. And a lot of us, when we start thinking about this, start thinking about how um, I am, I'm better at love or I'm better at truth. You as a pastor, you have a pastor that is high on the truth end. Okay, or maybe a different way to think about it would be invitation and challenge. Some people are very invitational. Some people are pretty high challenge. I am a pretty high challenge leader. Yes, Annalise, preach. It can be hard, though, to bring this truth and love together. We see Jesus do it well. We see Jesus calibrate invitation and challenge. We see Jesus calibrate truth and love. But it can be especially hard to speak the truth in love if we like being Christians more than we like being disciples. I will, Jerome. <laughs> I, uh, it, 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 is, it is especially hard when we like being Christians more than we like being disciples, when we like being part of a church more than we like being part of a movement. Yes. Because in church, in church, we really like to gossip. In church, we really like to complain. In church, we really like to grumble. We like to stir up drama. She knows. You cannot be a faithful follower of Jesus. I love kids when they're in the room and when they're not. I'm great with either. It made it sound like I don't love them if I can't see them or something. You know what I mean? I missed you guys so much. Hi. 
Um, you cannot be a faithful follower of Jesus. You cannot, listen to me, you cannot be a faithful follower of Jesus and love gossip. You cannot be a faithful follower of Jesus, walk out of here today and say, I didn't really like X, Y, or Z part of that service. If you do, you voided why you were here. And I love you. Don't bring that here. Don't. We don't have time. The way of Jesus transforms our way of manner of speaking. We'll get to that in a second. And incidentally, if we're not faithful in this, we can't be fruitful either. Because if I'm like a gossip, there's nothing attractive about my walk with Jesus that would make somebody far from him want to be like me. Why would I pay the high price of following Jesus when I could just gossip without following him? When I can complain, when I can slander, when I can stir up drama. Corporately, we cannot be faithful and fruitful without speaking the truth in love. And this is exactly what Paul is getting at in Ephesians 4. So if you've got that Bible, look with me at Ephesians 4. It'll also be on the screen. Verse 14 of chapter 4 says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body, I love how the NLT does this, the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So this is what Paul does. I made a chart for our visual learners. Take a look at my chart. Look at that. So on the left, immature like children, tossed and blown about, influenced and tricked. On the right, more and more like Christ. The body fits together healthy. It's growing and full of love. And the way we get from the left to the right is by speaking the truth in love. Now here's the deal. Being immature like children is actually very fun. The kids that are throwing like a fit on the floor at Target, man, they're having a blast. When I was little, my grandma used to get these Flintstone push-ups from the Schwann's man. People nod at me like, I mean, it's like kind of a thing, right? And uh, so, yeah, they were all orange and they were delicious. And I quickly learned that if I whined, I could get two. See, it's more fun to be a kid. It is more fun to be immature. Like children, we're tossed and blown about by every new wind. If you're writing in your own Bible, I would put air bunnies around new. Because somebody comes and offers you new teaching, there isn't anything new to say. It's all reiterations on a theme. And Paul says that we can either be on the left, immature, tossed about, influenced and tricked, or we could be more and more like Christ. And I don't know a person that doesn't want regen to be on the right side of the chart. I don't know of a person. The question isn't our desire to be on the right side. The question is our commitment to what's in the middle. The question is, is our commitment, our commitment to speaking the truth in love? It's not about our desire to be on the left. It's about our desire to be on the right. But what we really can't do, we can't move from the left to the right without speaking the truth in love. And here's what Paul is getting at. You guys drove by a lot of churches on your way here this morning. Some of them are very healthy and very mature and others not so much. And the difference isn't how great their pastor is or how good their music is or how good their kids' ministries are. It doesn't even matter how big they are because big churches can be immature. In fact, remember from high school that the immature people had more friends. Okay, the reality is, and this isn't a defense for being a small church either. We're going to grow and we're going to grow big. There's 
rumors happening with our annual conference about us planting a church in Youngstown. So just throw that out there into the atmosphere and see what happens. But there it is. There it goes. <laughs> no, the difference between a healthy, and gr- a healthy, growing, full of love church, regardless of size, the difference between a mature and immature church is their corporate commitment and culture of speaking the truth in love. That's it. That's what they do. So it'd be good to know what speaking the truth in love is so you don't mess this up, Right? So what is speaking the truth in love? That's Aaron's job next week, but I want to say two things about what it looks like. Corporately, corporately speaking the truth in love is Paul's code word for Christ-like, faithful, fruitful use of the gifts he mentions in verses 11 through 13. So in verse 11, Paul says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. As a church culture, here's the decision that we have made. Our staff exists to equip you. I pay my staff to work themselves out of a job. We do not do ministry for you. We equip you to do ministry is our job. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Uh, verse 13 and verse 16 of chapter 4 are very similar. Healthy, growing, full of love, attaining to the unity of the knowledge of the Spirit, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. And when gifts are used appropriately in a faithful, fruitful manner, when they're equipped and discipled in their giftedness, the church becomes mature. And my presupposition toward ministry is that all five of these gifts are present in this room. My title is pastor. My gifting is an apostle teacher. Okay? Julia's title is worship leader, you're like pretty high on evangelist though, isn't that the thing? Or is it shepherd? Yeah, somewhere in there. And we've done discover events around this that help you kind of figure out your gifting. We can continue to do that. So it doesn't matter what your giftedness is. It matters that you use them in a faithful, fruitful way. That's what speaking the truth in love means when it comes to our giftedness. Individually speaking, the truth in love is something Paul addresses throughout chapter four. Chapter four is a lot about your language and your attitude. Like verses uh, one, two, and three say things like be humble, be gentle, be patient with each other. Here's a hard one. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Uh, Verses 25 through 29 of this chapter even say things like, uh, stop telling lies. Uh, Tell the truth. Don't let sin, don't sin by letting anger control you. It says, if you're a thief, quit stealing. So if that's you, stop it. Jerome is like live tweeting my sermon out loud. It's what's awesome. I love it. Um, um, And then look at verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, that foul or abusive, the New Testament's originally written in Greek, a Greek that we don't speak anymore, it's written in Greek, and that word in Greek literally means gangrenous or rotten. Death and power in the life of the tongue, Proverbs says, and I can say things that cause you to rot away from the inside or bring you life. And uh, speaking the truth in love is not using foul, abusive, rotten, rotting, gangrenous, Instead, let everything. I, I looked up the word everything in Greek. Does anybody want to guess what it actually means? Everything. everything. Good job. Yes. It means every word is good and helpful. And as a verbal person, this is very difficult. Jesus says something else. We're going to look at this in the Sermon on the Mount. You will be judged by every useless word you say. I am a verbal person. 
there are a lot of words that come out of me, and here's my, here's my nightmare. And I don't, think, I don't think heaven will be like this. I don't think the judgment seat of Christ will be like this. But sometimes I wonder if we'll get to heaven and all of us will be there. And there's going to be a PowerPoint slide of here's all of the things Kyle said that were useless. <laughs> and, and it's good that we're going to be there forever because it's going to be like two decades worth of like, and then in 2017, you know, <laughs> like um, quarter one, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of scary, but individually speaking the truth in love means being, letting everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement. Speaking the truth in love is the language of the kingdom is really what I want you to hear today. Speaking the truth in love. So I showed you this first chart. Dan, can you flip me back to that first chart before we go to the bigger one? Right? So immature, tossed and blown about, influenced and tricked. And we can do these things individually. You all, there's Christians in your life that are like, I read a new book and it's amazing. Like, stop being tossed to and fro and just like settle down for a minute. You know what I mean? Um, what that looks like in practice, give me that second chart, Dan. Here's what that looks like in practice. Now, Paul's talking about immature and mature churches. And on the left, you see this immature church and immature churches behave like clubs. They behave like clubs, which means they focus on membership and thus uh, adhering to the preferences, supporting the preferences of the members. I'm a member of Sam's Club, and let me tell you what my preference is, that there be lots of snacks along the way. Do you know what I'm saying? I want, I want to try that. I want to try that. I do want to try that. I don't care if I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to try it, you know? And we've all done like the go buy twice with like a maybe I'm thinking about it look. We don't care. We just want to eat it again. That's my preference. Immature churches chase after the members of its, the preferences of its members because clubs are self-sustaining organizations. Which, when it gets bad, means they're selfish. It's about them. This is a funny story about a club. Okay, this is it. So those of you who know Alex uh, Mostaller, he's a respiratory therapist, and for a while he had this job that he would drive around to places. I'm telling the story. Alex gets called to go fit somebody for a CPAP, and it's at a campground in like nowhere, middle of nowhere, Western PA. And he goes, and the guy says, hey, I'll meet you kind of at the gate in my golf cart, and I'll take you to my place. And he meets the guys driving through. And all of a sudden, Alex realizes that absolutely everybody in this campground, camp thing, they're all naked because it's a nudist, like, campground, okay? Now, luckily, the guy he was working with clothed. The person this guy was living with also clothed. Everybody else is naked, okay? And the guy goes, hey, you know what? We're really looking for young members. I bet you are. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> and uh, so, of course, side note, this is a rabbit trail. I Googled it. I had to Google it. Uh, a couple of rules. One, you're not allowed to talk about what you do. You only know first names. So you, and you don't talk about what you do because you don't really want to hang out with a surgeon like naked, right? Second rule is, please use a towel on the pool furniture. Like you think? Please, yes, let's all. Um, but clubs, clubs have that and churches do this. Some of you have gone to churches and they're like, it's so nice to see a young person, right? Because... They just want, they're seeing, oh, we can self-sustain longer, right? And ultimately, that is a reflection not of the way of Jesus. It's a reflection of churchianity. There's a difference between 
liking being a Christian and liking church and actually being a part of the mission of Jesus in the world. Um, contrast that of a club, there's a movement, right? There's ground to take, there's action to happen. It, it's running ahead and its focus is not on membership, but disciples. Here's our commitment as a church. Trumbull County does not need more church members. The 330 does not need more church members, it needs more disciples. So we need to develop a culture and some language around that. Because movements that are focused on discipleship are self-sacrificing. It's interesting to think that a movement of Jesus would be self-sacrificing. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but took on the form of a servant and who died. Really, um, there is always an act of service and self-sacrifice and even selflessness to discipleship movements that are focused not on churchianity, but on the kingdom of God. On the kingdom of God, which Jesus said is breaking in. Which Jesus said is breaking in. Now this is what, here's what happens. Club, kind of club feels have an inward focus. It's so nice to see a young person, right? Movements have an outward focus. It's about the next person. I used to get a lot, in a lot of trouble because I used to say a lot, the most important person in the room is the person that's not here. And uh, we've wrestled with that statement a lot as leaders because it makes it sound like good you're here, notch in the belt, next person. But our priority really is those who don't yet know. Churches can exist to be inward or outward. Um, and the church is the only organization in the world that exists to be outward. Now, the reason I bring this up is Here's what you need to know about Regen. We are committed to doing church as long as it helps us make disciples. Here's what I have learned about myself. I actually don't like church. I really like making disciples. And what I find at Regen is we get these people who like church and they come to Regen. It's like, oh, the music is really great and it's nice to be around young people and Kyle's preaching is really good or Vanessa's preaching is really good and I like this and I like that. And then they're here for a little while and they try to drive us somewhere toward their preferences. Hey, I have an idea. Let's do this thing. And we're very good at saying this. We're very good at saying, I don't think so. That's not what we're here for. And they're gone. In our like three-ish, three and a half years of being a community together, there's been so many church people in and out because they like something about it, but then they realize the cost is going to be too high because we're a pretty high challenge community. But the reason it's important to know that if you like church, you're going to stick around for a while and then you're going to realize this is going to require more of me than I want. And, and the, that's the reason is because we're not speaking church language here. The reason is that we don't care about church language. What we care about is speaking the language of the kingdom, which is speaking the truth in love. We care about speaking the language of the kingdom, which is about speaking the truth in love. Now, what Paul is saying about speaking the truth in love in Ephesians 4 isn't that he's offering us a few extra words, like a new vocab sheet. Pastor, church, atonement, holy, nor is he just suggesting to us that we speak with an accent. So to pick on Jerome for a moment, Jerome has an accent. I also do, yes. Fair enough, good job. Um, well done. Um, he also uses words that we don't use, so do I, vice versa. And Jerome taught us a word last night, very useful. The word is faffing. F-A-F-F-I-N-G, faffing. 
Faffing is like what you do when you're getting ready for church on Sunday morning. Like you're doing a million things and also none of them at the same time. It's like what, you're, it's, um, what you do like when you're trying to leave the house for vacation, like a lot of faffing, like a lot of running about, a lot of like throwing things in the car, going inside, standing, a lot of faffing. Um, here's, you know what we, you know when a good faffing time in, faffing is what happens after church when we're all just kind of here. And Dan and Rebecca are like, y'all have been faffing for an hour, I wanna go home, right? Because it's Dan and Rebecca's job to lock up. There's a lot of faffing. Okay, Paul, when he says speaking the truth in love, he doesn't say, I want to teach you a new few words. He doesn't say, I just want you to speak with an accent. He says, I actually want you to learn a new language. And the language of the kingdom is speaking the truth in love. It is not the difference between my English and Jerome's English. It is the difference between English and Arabic, like even different letters. Okay? Which is why, again, church people don't love regen because we're trying to verse ourselves in the language of the kingdom. We're trying to be a kingdom movement, not a churchy entity club. Paul is pointing to a new kind of language because he's saying, listen, the kingdom of Jesus has burst into the world. Jesus says, repent and believe the kingdom of God is at hand. It is bursting into the world. It is ushering something in new and we need a whole new kind of language for it. And Jesus gives us that language. This is awesome because I can promote our new series in what he calls the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which we're going to be preaching through all summer in a series called Stranger Things which is our second TV-related series this year, Um, Stranger Things, because here's what you're going to find out. The language Jesus uses for his movement and the language we usually use to describe church are very different. Jesus does not say, blessed are the church members. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Here's my problem. He says, he does not say, blessed are those who know the Bible very well. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Jesus says things like, love those who hate you and pray for those who persecute you. Listen, loving someone who hates me, who wants to see me, like who wants to kill me just to like see me dead, only makes sense if there is a new order to the universe, which is exactly what's happening in in King Jesus is he's ushering in this whole new world. And so Jesus says things like, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And we're like, well, what Jesus really means is, no. What Jesus is giving us is access to the kingdom that is taking over the world, which is why he says, we are to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? Building a culture of heaven in ordinary places. So we're going to teach you the language of this all summer. And I'm toying with, can I say an idea that you can't be committed to? There's so much content in there. I said to Zach last night, we should start a podcast midweek where I can just keep talking about all of the things because I only get 30 minutes to talk about them. Um, I would preach for an hour if you let me, just so you know, but then we wouldn't get home till like 2.30, so, which would be totally fine if we were in Africa. Okay. The language of Jesus, the language of the kingdom is this, it is speaking the truth in love. And the reason that is our language, let me end here, the reason that is our language is because, and the reason that that that, that language is our language is because the language of the kingdom is speaking the truth in love because that is the nature of our king. John 1 verse 14 says, uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally that means he moved into the neighborhood. 
and he, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth, full of truth and love. Here's what makes Jesus glorious. It wasn't that he was like shiny. Oh, cool, Jesus, he's glowy. No. What gave Jesus glory was that he fully merged grace and truth in himself. This thing that is absolutely impossible for us, I will never attain to a moment where I am full of grace and truth. I can maybe get to like 90% grace and like 60% truth, maybe. If I'm lucky, I've had a really good day and I've eaten my, I've eaten my Wheaties, right? But Jesus is full of glory because he is full of grace and truth. The language of the kingdom is, is, is speaking the truth in love because it's the very nature of who our king is. And so as people that follow after him, as people that seek in every way to be made like Jesus, what our hearts desire, what our life reorders, what, what changes about us, is that we learn to speak the truth in love. And if you want to know more, we'll see you next week at 11.15. Let's pray. God, thank you that you come to us full of grace and truth. I'm reminded of that quote by Tim Keller who says, um, to be known and not loved is our greatest fear. To be loved and not known is rather pointless. But to be known and loved, to have grace and truth spoken to us and over us, well, that's a lot like being loved by God. You have come to offer us the fullness of yourself, full of grace and truth. And Jesus, we're so grateful that you both name our sin and also offer us a remedy, that you put your finger on the problem, but you also show us a way to a solution. And we're thankful that you in your body achieved that solution for us and that in the breaking of your body and in rising again, you have ushered in something new something new. And so may we live, uh, Father, this week as people of the kingdom. May we start with accents or new words, but may we ultimately start speaking in a new language, a new language that to our friends and our co-workers and our families and our parents is so attractive. God, call us and shape us, or shape us to be who you've called us to be, this kingdom movement of disciples on mission with you. God, we're laying down all the other junk, and uh, we invite you here. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we need to do this in a slightly different way, because I want to give uh, y'all an opportunity to respond in a handful of ways. We're going to come forward. You can receive communion. Julie, I'm going to move your guard, or this, this thing. Yeah, okay. I just saw people falling and dying in my head, so I don't want that. Okay. Um, I want to invite you to respond. We'll come forward. You can receive communion. If you have a pulse, you're welcome at this table. But some of you, God is really getting your attention today. God is really kind of capturing your heart. And I want to give you a chance to kind of say something back to him. And so Steph um, and, um, and what? Just you for right now. Yeah, we'll be at the back for you to pray with. If you feel like maybe there's something to lay down or something to pick up, maybe there's a sin to confess. Maybe there's a truth to grab onto. Steph will be somewhere back there praying for you. Um, and then let's have um, Zachary and Lindsay come help me with this meal. Um, you're just going to come to me for the bread and kind of peel off either side. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Here you go. There it is. 
So, Father, we pray that you would pour out your spirit on these gifts of bread and cup, that in eating the broken body of Jesus and drinking from this cup, which represents his blood poured out for us, that we might be the body of Christ, faithful and fruitful in every way. And that, God, you would remind us of your graciousness toward us in those ways that we have not been faithful or fruitful this week. Um, So, God, we give you thanks for what you're doing in our hearts and lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. The table is open. It's a good song to sing because I think a lot of times what holds us back from speaking the truth in love is fear. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. For from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God the only God who is at the Father's side or in the Father's bosom, he has made him known. Hey, I love you so much. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what Jesus is doing in and through you and in our community. And I'm really excited just to be in it with you. I'm glad. I love you. We'll see you next week.